0: This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, the Out of the Box Draft is a starting five of all-time college football players we think would translate to a starting five for a March Madness squad. Question and answer covers whether or not professional players should be allowed to bet on games and NCAA brackets versus fantasy football. This week in sports covers the NFL quarterback news and Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Carson Wentz. And Dylan and Dylan pick the winners of the Power Five conference tournaments with this week's conference tournaments and basketball starting. Alright, hello everyone, welcome back to the Dylan and Dylan Show, presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. Back at it again for another exciting week, another exciting episode. Happy to be with you for this Friday, March 11th edition of the show. Dylan Jesperson here as always, my main man Dylan Holt With me as always, fighting through mostly boredom, but some COVID symptoms. Dylan, how are you doing, my man?
1: I, You know, on Saturday night, I thought I was going to come into the show and be like, man, I am on top of the world. I could not be doing better. But I came home from the OVC Championship and tested positive for COVID. It's been a long week, but that's okay because I, I got COVID. Uh, and may, I'd say good circumstances. I, I, I've i been fine. It's mild symptoms. I'm A-OK. But uh, I came home from Evansville, Indiana, the OVC Championship. Got to see Murray State bring home one last OVC banner and our 18th. Tournament victory and what was an amazing game. If if anyone out there took the time to watch the WC ch- uh, championship between Murray and Moorhead, uh, it was just a really really good game. Obviously Murray has had a big spotlight on them all year with how good they've been thirty and two or whatever it is now twenty straight wins. Uh, but Moorhead State's a really good basketball team, and they I, I had a chance to talk to a few Moorhead fans, and I I asked them about Jani Broom, their center, and I was like, do you think Janai's a pro? And all of them just like, it was just the immediate answer was yes. And I was like, I think so too. I think he's got to get overlooked and it's a shame because as a guy that can play basketball and he's just so, so good and terrified me for 40 minutes on Saturday night going against KJ Williams, who I also think is a pro and is an amazing player, but uh, Murray's day outlasted them and just what was an amazing game. Got me so fired up for, uh, the selection Sunday coming up this Sunday, two days from now, when you're listening, it's I, I'm excited to see who Murray's going to play. There's just so much going on. And I, I don't have to sit through this week of conference championships wondering, which I was very scared was going to happen. And Murray's punched through ticket. It's just so, so, so excited. Uh, If you watch the game, you know, the atmosphere in Evansville was something just unreal. It was a home game for Murray. And it, as soon as I got to Evansville, I can notice that we stopped at a gas station and uh, a clerk asked us, "They're like, what is up with all this Murray State stuff?" We're like, man, we're bringing home a championship. And he's like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "Go Racers!" I was like, "I'll take it." It was just the streets were flooded with blue and gold. It was a very, very unique thing. Um, just a mid-major team taking, and the fans just buying in. It's just so, so special, and it's, I, it's something you can't replicate. And I, I'm excited to go from the OVC to the MVC, and just like one last championship. I don't know. It felt so good. Uh, but yeah, I'll trade that for a week of mild COVID symptoms and hopefully it doesn't get worse. Uh, but how are you doing? I'm doing
0: pretty good. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm happy to hear that you're doing good. Uh, before we get going, I just want to say a few words, unless you are listening to this episode within the first few hours of its release, I will be either be on my way or already in South Dakota. By the time you hear this, I've accepted a full-time position as a sports reporter, which means I'll be leaving my role here at TV sports. Uh, Now, I don't really need to say much more here because uh, save for a few schedule changes that might need to go on. Things... will not go things will go on as planned with the podcast Dylan and I have too much fun doing it to let it die and I wanted to have some connection to tv sports and my first work family so uh, if you want more info go check out my post on Instagram or Facebook for my full goodbye stuff Uh, I just wanted to say thank you again to Stephen Hayes and Tunnel Vision Sports for the chance you gave me Uh, I could not have taken this step without you believing in me when no one else did so with that out of the way, I'm excited to get in the show. We've got a fun one planned. We're going to start with our out-of-the-box draft. We are in the midst of the conference tournaments. It's March Madness time, and we are fully in the college basketball mood, despite the the not-so-great result that I just had to witness uh, If you uh, right before we recorded. Uh, but As then-
1: we're recording, I have to break in right now because we have – when you're listening, this has already happened. So who knows what happens? Duke and Syracuse are tied. Or Duke literally just took the lead, eighty to seventy-nine, with three minutes to play. So don't worry, I'm going to interrupt with what happens. You already know what happens, but this is fun watching live.
0: Yeah, I have it on my phone as well. I've got it ready to go, so I'm I'm watching it as well. But this week's. Uh... If you can't tell, we're fully in the college basketball mood, and this week's draft is a bit of a twist on on a regular draft. We are drafting a starting five, but not of college basketball players, of college football players. We are drafting a team that we think uh, would translate to a college basketball roster. Dylan came up with the idea. Uh, I loved it and immediately had a few picks come to mind, so I'm excited to get going. Dylan already flipped the coin. We already know I picked tails, so what do we got?
1: Uh, it's heads. I uh, it's a nickel. That's not George. Is it George Washington? Who's on a nickel? Jefferson. Jefferson. That's right. Yeah, it's heads. Um, uh, I'm gonna take the first pick because there's someone I really want.
0: Okay, go for it.
1: Uh, the first pick, I'm gonna pick a wide receiver from a kind of a mid major. Yeah, they're a mid major. Marshall out in West Virginia. I'm going Randy Moss. Uh, I think this is the first person that came to mind. I think it was. It's who I wanted first. Uh, I I just remember that Marsh. Or what whatever the 30 for 30 was. Moss you. I don't know. The 30 for 30 about Randy Moss, I can't remember what it's called. Um, where they showed the highlights of him and Jason Williams playing high school basketball together. And they talked about Randy Moss could have been a pro basketball player. And obviously, if you know anything about Randy Moss, one of the most spectacular athletes ever. Um, he he's six foot four. That's a very good size for a basketball player. And I I slotted all my guys in positions. So I've got Randy Moss at the two. So I, I get my two out of the way. Randy Moss stand there at the two, very, very athletic guy that can maybe mix it up on the wing and play, play a little guard, mix it around. Yeah. I like good old Randy Moss. With my first pick. He'll Moss a few guys on the court too. I'll throw it to you for your first two picks.
0: Yeah. I like that pick. Uh, I, I'm, I have some picks that are in a similar vein. I didn't have Randy Moss down, but I, I definitely see where you're going with that one. Love the pick. Uh, I also have my guy slotted into positions in my starting five with my first pick. Uh, As a Michigan fan, this one hurts, but I'm going Terrell Pryor uh, because uh, we could have had Terrell. uh, Terrell ended up starting the downfall of the Jim Trestle era at Ohio State back in the day. Uh, But Terrell Pryor was one of the most highly talented recruits in the country for not only football, but basketball. He was the number 28 player in the country, according to rivals, coming out of high school. He was thinking about playing both sports at whatever school he picked. And then he was picking between Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. I mean, it was like, He was going to be a two-way player and ended up uh, having a pretty successful career at Ohio state and going on and doing some, some decent things in the NFL. But uh, I mean, at six foot six, 235 pounds coming out of high school. I mean, those measurables fit into the NBA nowadays. So, uh, and if you need anything more, just go back and look at his high school highlights. They're insane. Uh, He would have been a beast on the court. So I'm taking Terrell prior at my three slot. He's going to be my small forward Uh, for my second pick. I'm going for my center. Uh, and this one has a bit of a connection to you and me. I'm going with Taylor Juan. Taylor Juan is much more well known as uh, uh, for his time in the NFL with the with your Titans, but he was a beast at Michigan as well. He was one of those guys where his presence made him more of a weapon than his skills. Because uh, I don't really think he had great coaching in his time in Ann Arbor. He wasn't the he, there wasn't a great offensive line coaches back in that time. But when you're six foot seven, three hundred nine pounds, you don't have to be great. You just kind of have to be there, and that's why he ended up. Being a, a first round pick, being a dominant left tackle down the road. So uh, I'm going to have him in the similar spot at my center spot, just taking up space. You're you're not going to get past Taylor Lewan down low. So uh, happy to have those two guys on my team. I'll throw it to you for your next two picks.
1: I like both those picks a lot. I did not even think about Terrell Pryor, and I definitely should have. Taylor Lewan also slipped my mind. I definitely should have thought of him. Taylor Lewan's been on my mind a lot, specifically this week with cuts going on in the NFL and stuff. But yeah, I, I yeah, neither one of those, neither one of those guys came to mind. I I love both those picks. Uh, I'm gonna, gonna go to my point guard position. And I'm gonna go with a guy from both Ohio State and LSU, from Athens, Ohio, Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow, we obviously all know him, the quarterback for the Bengals, won the Heisman, took the Bengals to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Joey B was a baller in high school, standing at six foot three. He scored 200, and, uh, he scored. 2,000 points excuse me in three seasons as a starter including a state record 861 points his senior year that is just a straight-up baller and no one is surprised to hear that Joe Burrow is just uh, an incredible athlete incredible competitor uh and it's kind of expected that he's just he just wins things and uh I kind of looked up a little bit of his highlights I was like yeah I, I want Joe Burrow being my uh being my point guard, it just, it, it's that transition that just makes sense, quarterback, point guard. Um, I, I saw an interview, it was from this high school state championship his senior year, and the uh, opposing coach said, you know, Joe Burrow, he's the best quarterback we face this year. He's also the best point guard we face this year. And that that just speaks volumes. I think as a March Madness basketball, football mo- mashup, I want him leading me into any game because it, it's Joe Burrow, it's Joey B, Joe Shiesty, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and then I'm going to go to power forward. And this one might surprise you. I I don't know. I I thought of him initially because I was like this guy's tall. But I, once I did a little more research, I was like, okay, I really want this guy. I'm going quarterback from Arizona State. Brock Osweiler. He's six foot seven. That's a big dude, and that that's the first thing that came to mind. But I did not know this. Brock Osweiler is from Montana. I would have never known that unless I did a little research. When he was a freshman in high school, he committed to play basketball at Gonzaga. That's like a really big program. Like, that's a that's big time. But the, the high school basketball and the basketball scene in, on in Montana is not very big. So he was pressured to focus on football, so he did. And ended up, he went to Arizona State, was a baller. He was obviously a baller in basketball, too. So I, I'm going to slot him in at the four. Six foot seven, uh, I, I'm okay with that. Have him uh, down low with Randy Moss and Joe Burrow outside. I, I think that's an okay trio so far. And I'm excited for my next two picks, but you got two before me.
0: Yeah, I'm liking that big three. Don't have either of those written down either, but I mean, can't go wrong with Joe Burrow. Definitely have to have a quarterback at the point guard slot. And Joe Burrow was, uh, he was a baller in high school. And then Brock Osweiler, you don't need to say much more. He was a, he was a tall dude and I I don't need to say much more. He fits in down low perfectly. Uh, So I'm going to go to my power forward slot as well. My guy might be a bit undersized, especially going up against Brock Osweiler, but Uh, I'm going with Calvin Johnson. And I think if you put Calvin Johnson in like the Anthony Davis role at Kentucky, I think he would be perfect. You just throw it to the rim. You let Calvin go up and throw it down on top of people. uh, And he's going to lead the league in dunks, probably scoring and probably blocks as well, because he's going to out jump everyone on the court. Uh, So I think he fits in perfectly at the four slot. Uh, And then at my one slot at my point guard slot, Uh, Like you said, you need a quarterback, but I wanted someone fast, and I wanted someone that could make their own play as well. I'm going Lamar Jackson. I think he's the perfect point guard to run a court. Other than Terrell Pryor, I didn't do much research on if these guys actually played basketball in high school. I just think Lamar Jackson, like his style on the football field, transitions so well to what a point guard needs to do. He would be able. He would be such the focal point of the defense that he would be dishing out the perfect passes all the time. I, I think he just fits so perfectly in that point guard slot. Uh, and I wanted someone that could, you know, make their own play as well. I like a point guard that can take it into their own hands. And Lamar definitely is going to do that if he's on the court. So uh, I'll add Lamar Jackson and Calvin Johnson. I'll throw it to you for your uh, last two picks.
1: There's no way Lamar wouldn't be good at basketball. He It just seems like it would be so seamless. And I, yeah, I, I really like that pick and Calvin Johnson. That's yeah. It's Calvin. It's Megatron. That translates. Uh, you picked a former lion. I'm going to pick a current lion from the University of Arkansas. Wu pig suey, six foot ten, two or three hundred and twenty pounds. Offensive lineman, Dan Skipper. I didn't know much about old Dan, but I was looking up real. I, my Google search was really tall college football players. And Dan Skipper popped up a lot. And I was like, what's this Skipper fella all about? And they're like, he's six foot 10. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not gonna find many of them. And I'm like, I want him at center. I don't, I, Dan Skipper is an okay football player, but he's six foot 10. In college basketball, that goes a long way, and he could just stand under the rim, matches up with Taylor Lawan. LeJuan. Taylor Lawan's probably a better athlete, but hey, he's six foot 10. I'll take it. Um, and to go along with my center, Dan Skipper, my small forward wide receiver from Texas AM. Mike Evans, six foot five. Uh, last year when the Bucks were in the Super Bowl, they they asked him if he was much of a basketball player, obviously being such a big athletic guy. And he said, "You know, I am. I'm a poor man's Jimmy Butler. And you know what? If I can get a poor man's Jimmy Butler, on a basketball team i'm gonna take it and plus it's mike evans like that he's a freak he's been a freak since he was at a with johnny manzel and i would love to slot him in at the three with joe Burrow at the point randy moss at the two brock osweiler at the four and then dan skipper at the five that's a just that's just a nice squad i i like it a lot uh and i believe you have one more pick yeah i thought it's you for your last pick
0: yeah. Love those picks. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a, it would be a tough matchup down low between Skipper and Lawan. Yeah. Like you said, I think he's got a little bit more athleticism, but that wasn't the play I was making with the one was his athleticism, but we'll take it, you know, we'll see what we can do with it. With my last pick, I, I got to fill up my two guard slot. And I thought about someone flashy, like Denard Robinson, maybe like an OBJ because I thought like maybe he would fit in. He's probably played a bunch with the pros, but I thought, Let's go with someone solid. I want the Luke Kennard on my team. I'm taking Hunter Renfro to, to fill out my two slot. And he's just going to sit in the corner with Lamar Jackson. Lamar is going to run the pick and roll with Luan the entire time. And Renfro is just going to be sitting in the corner, ready to hit those threes when we need him. So that's all we need him to do. He fills out a perfect starting five. We've got that shooter in the corner. He'll, he'll give you nine to 12 a game. And that's all we really need from him. So uh, solid starting five. I'm loving the picks. I think it would be a great matchup if they actually did go against each other. Uh, I, I wish we could actually see it. Maybe we'll have to like fill it in on 2K and see how it plays out. Uh, alternates? Did you have any alternates that you didn't get to pick?
1: Of course, I had uh, I had two more Cincinnati Bengals. Funny enough, I had Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Based solely off, I saw a TikTok before the Super Bowl of their high school basketball highlights, and both of them were ridiculous. But I didn't want three Bingles on my team. I just I I only wanted Joey B. And then Cam Newton. Obviously, Cam Newton's a ridiculous athlete, six foot five, two hundred and forty five pounds from Auburn. But a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if you're familiar with this account on Twitter, but it's Ball Sack Sports. And I absolutely love it. They put out a tweet the other day that said I never forget when Cam Newton beat Alabama in the iron bowl. And then the next day suited up for the Auburn uh, basketball team and scored 40 points, fooled like a million people on Twitter. And I just think it's the funniest thing ever. And the thing is like, everyone believed it because it's believable. It's Cam Newton. So I was like, yeah, I'd want Cam Newton on my basketball team if I was Auburn or just this hypothetical Dylan Holt team. So yeah, uh, Cam Newton almost made it. it. I had Cam Newton set up to where if you picked anyone I had, I was just going to slide him into that position cuz it's Cam Newton. I could see him being a big point guard like Magic Johnson. I could put him at the 2, the 3. If you really want to put him down low, I mean it's Cam Newton. I I'd put him anywhere. But yeah, uh those were my three alternates. I think that's all I had. Yeah, that's all my alternates. Did you have any alternates?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I had Cam Newton down for the same reason. And uh like I feel like that's kind of almost a Mandela effect. I almost remember Cam Newton playing basketball at one point in college. I feel like there's an alternate universe where Jameis Winston was just a football player, didn't play baseball at Florida State, but Cam Newton played basketball at Auburn and Florida when he was at Florida. So, yeah, there's that definitely existed somewhere. I had Cam Newton at my small forward. I had like a, a full starting five, just in case you picked any of my guys up there. So my backup point guard was going to be Russell Wilson. I felt like he was going to be versatile enough to run that point guard slot. Uh, I said at my two, I think Denard Robinson would fit great in like a versatile style two slot Uh, cam at my three slot would have been awesome at four. I think Gronk would have been an awesome power forward, just running that pick and roll in the same way, but just dirty up in the rebounds. And at five, Jake Long, same thing for Taylor Lewan, just big man, big left tackle that can just do everything down low. And uh, he was he was the original left tackle that I remember at Michigan. Lalan kind of came up and was the more athletic, more spry version of Jake Long. But both of them were super solid, and uh, I would love to have them in my center. So I feel like left tackle and center go together like quarterback and point guard do.
1: I've got two more, so I can oh. fill out a, a- – Backup five, <laughs> and I'm going to go with two friends of the program: Preston Rice, quarterback Murray State, because I've seen Preston Rice play basketball. Preston is not only a baller on the football field; Preston Rice can play some basketball. I will never forget watching him in intramurals at Murray State and just tearing it up. And it was like, "Who is this guy?" And they're like, "Oh, he's the red shirt freshman quarterback." And I was like, "Oh, cool!" And then uh, from my other slot, I, I'll say Preston's a, a one or a two. Or a three, Preston's physical. Uh, and my other spot, can play either spot down low. Go on Trey Hornbuckle, defensive lineman from Duke. Because I saw Trey play basketball for like six years growing up. And Trey was a monster down low. Surprise, surprise. He's a pro football player in the CFL. Trey, Trey, Trey's just a beast. And I would love to have him at power forward or center, whichever one. Obviously, he didn't get to play basketball at Duke. Because, you know, he was there at the same time as Zion. But uh, I, I think he's good enough to make my squad uh it's just he makes the ultimate so yeah trey preston and then
0: the other guys excited to see how that poll plays out we'll get that out for you guys on social media it's time to move on to the question and answer segment i'm gonna let dylan go first because i know he's been wanting to talk about this subject since the news dropped earlier this week so Dylan, go for it
1: yeah um this is a subject that i've wanted to talk about for a long time But I've kind of had to wait for it to get in the news and become relevant. So as I think all of us heard, because Twitter had a meltdown when it happened, uh, Calvin Ridley got in some trouble this week for betting on NFL games. And Calvin tried to come out and say, like, oh, I didn't bet that much, but that doesn't matter. Uh, The NFL obviously is not cool with it. They laid down a huge suspension for him, which that's, that's the rules. My question is, why is that not okay? Why is it a big deal for athletes to bet on games? Not just Calvin Ridley in the NFL, but like any sport. I just want to know.
0: So I feel like I tend to do this too much, but I I, I tend to see both sides of this argument. Uh, so for on the side of the league, allowing players to bet on games in their league, whether it's their games or not, is a slippery s- slope because in the past we've seen players have done things like shaving points or straight up just fixing games, and that was when sports betting was illegal. So now when you think about it, it's legal for them to put this money on the games. If you turn a blind eye and just say, okay, we're going to let you, you know, bet on your buddies' games, not your own games. Well, you still have a, there's still a slippery slope there and it's tough to police everything. Rather than, rather than do that, you just put down a hard fine, say, you know, it's banned a hard suspension, you know, everything like that. uh, And then you just discourage them from doing it altogether. But on the flip side, For these leagues to be signing multi-million-dollar advertising deals and exclusive naming rights to these sports books like DraftKings, FanDuel, and then to tell their employees that no, you can't use their products is ridiculous. That's you can't have it both ways. It's not. It's one or the other. Either you embrace sports betting fully or you completely ban it. So, like I see both sides, but you can't be in the middle like the NFL, like the MLB, like all of them are. If you're, if you're the MLB and you have DraftKings plastered all over your stadiums, you should allow Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame because there you have forfeited the moral high ground in that situation. If you want to stay and say, okay, we're going to keep the integrity of the sport and keep sports betting out of it completely, that's fine. Give back those millions of dollars that DraftKings and FanDuel have given you. That's really all it comes down to. You can't be in the middle – I can be in the middle because I don't have a say in it. I didn't get multi-million, millions of dollars from FanDuel and DraftKings. The NFL can't do that. So I'm on the side of Calvin Ridley until the NFL does something like that. You either make it one way or the other, either they're allowed to and and you're going to keep all that money or you're not going to have FanDuel or DraftKings all over your, it's one or the other. You can't have it both ways. I'm interested to hear what you have to say though.
1: Yeah. I'm very much like devil play the devil's advocate role. I just, I, cause I don't care. My my thing is most athletes are not people that are like going to go out and be like, Oh, I'm going to bet on me to have under 37 yards. I'm Calvin Ridley. I don't want to have a good game. I'm going to do that so I can win some money. I just, most professional athletes are just not like that. And I don't believe they are. There's just no way. I understand there's been issues with point shaving. I think everyone with any ounce of common sense knows that professional athletes are full of pride and they want to go out there and leave a legacy and all these things. And they're making money. They're making lots of it. So it's not like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta make this bet so I can take home food to the family. Like they're, they're okay with money. Um I, I think like a solution would be, you can like Calvin Ridley, they Roger Goodell could sit down with Calvin and be like, Hey, you can bet on th- or Whatever other games than Atlanta, you can't bet on the Falcons. or And if you do, you have to bet on you guys to win. You can't bet on you to lose. Because if you're betting to win, I mean, what does it change? It might motivate them more, honestly. And I, I think that goes for any sport. But they're not going to do that. That would just be the old men watching sports the old people they just be like the integrity of the game is lost they've this draft kings blah 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 how did how dare they and all these things are just so taboo and i just don't get it like i i understand the negatives of well if they're point shaving blah 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 blah, but sports gambling's legal these all these athletes are on mi- multi-million dollar contracts it's not like the White socks of 1920, whatever, where they're like, "Oh, we have to do this so you know we can eat, and our 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 families have food and uh, clothes and stuff." It's not like that. It's these guys are, for the most part, just having fun, and they're making a little money on the side. I, I don't, I really don't see the big deal about it. And I, I did see a very funny video of the opposite, where they could say where Calvin was, maybe <laughs> uh, not shaving points, but Doing things to that could be seen as like detrimental to his play because he he would make a catch and I, I'm gonna try to find this video I, I think I liked it on Twitter he would make a catch and he would have a clear first down and then he'd like turn around and lose yardage and it's like what's going on but obviously in football I mean skills play a guy like Calvin Ridley doing that, it's like, yeah, he's just trying to get extra yardage. There's defenders there. He he turns around and he tries to do it. You see it a lot in high school and college NFL, not as much, but Calvin Ridley's a young player. So, I mean, there there's things there that can be explained, but there's also things that can be seen as fishy. I just, the amount of people that get so worked up about it. I just don't get it. I don't see it as this world ending big deal. Like the way that Pete Rose has been just exiled from baseball. It doesn't make sense. I think as things get less taboo, and that's the word I used with you when I was talking to you it was taboo. It's not, I don't think it's as taboo anymore. It shouldn't just be as big of a deal. Like you said, when you go to an MLB game or an NBA game, NFL game, DraftKings is everywhere. And you watch a game on TV that like, download the DraftKings app and use this promo code. If the Grizzlies make one three pointer, you win a hundred dollars. It's like, well, you're trying to get people to have gambling addictions and, at the same time you turn around and be like, oh no, no, no. Calvin bet a hundred bucks out of his seven hundred billion dollar contract. He can't have a job. He has to sit out for a year. It's just like you said, they gotta make up their mind. And it's very, very annoying. I just I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I I so I see both sides to it, like you said. So I and I don't think any player or any like you said, they're getting paid a lot of money, and I don't think any player with you know, an effect on the game or an effect on any of these or is going to ha- because they're in the game, they're getting paid enough to to not have that incentive behind it. But when you talk, I think it would affect like the integrity of like, a, if I thought like a third string offensive lineman on the lions knew that Amon Ross St. Brown was hurt and he could bet all of the unders because he's playing hurt. doesn't know but no one else knows that none of the fans know that but he knows that because he's in the same room he can maybe double his salary cuz he knows like he knows that information that is where it gets a little and i would not i would not be okay with that if i knew that if something like that came out but on the flip side the nfl really doesn't have a moral high ground to stand on with like we said there's just nothing there if you're going to take all this money from these sports books you just can't it, there is no room for you know one or the other, so you got to do something about that. I'm I'm in agreement with you there. So, uh.
1: <laughs> do you think, um, or what are the odds you think that some NFL executives gamble on games? Oh, yeah. I have to imagine there's some. There's so oh, many.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure
1: they all do. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's. I mean, I don't want to stereotype rich <laughs> yeah. people, but they like to make more money. And with sports gambling becoming more legal, and even when it was illegal, I'm sure they found ways to bet on games. So it really is just them being hypocritical. It's very annoying. And honestly, if Dan Skipper knew that Amon Ross St. Brown was going to be hurt, and he was like, (laughs) I'll bet $500,000 on the under, which is a safe bet, even if Amon Ross St. Brown is playing, because the Lions aren't going to score many points either way. Who cares? It'd be like insider trading. And if you catch him, all right, he's in trouble. If not, whatever.
0: (laughs) This, I really don't know how they would police that type of stuff. And like I said, They really don't have a leg to stand on with that stuff. So uh, we'll move on to my question. I think awesome stuff there. Uh, Move on. Uh, So like we said, we're in the college basketball mood for sure. Uh, I feel like everyone is getting into that mood with the conference tournaments going on. Duke already won, by the way, if you guys were waiting for that result. Uh, But you probably already know that. Uh, But as we get closer to my favorite time of the year, I had a real question for Dylan and all sports fans. What do you think is better, in your opinion, March Madness brackets or fantasy football? I'll throw it to Dylan. I want to hear his thoughts on this.
1: Um, Duke had a really nice run at the end of that game. I, I wanted to point that out. If you watched it, you're sitting there, you're like, man, yeah, they did. They, they went on a nice run there after it was tied. Um, for this question, uh, fantasy football or the bracket challenge, uh, filling out a bracket, I, I've struggled with the answer for this because I love both of them so much. And I think it comes down to this. For longevity reasons, it's definitely fantasy football. Because, like, obviously me being a Titans fan, I've been so invested in the NFL the last few years because the Titans have been so good, where it hasn't been hard to turn on football every Sunday. I'm just like, I want to watch the Titans. I'm fired up. I'll keep up with what's going on in the leagues. I want to know who the Titans are going to play in the playoffs. Like I, I'm curious. Like that's why I was so ingrained on the Bengals this year because I saw them coming up. Obviously, I watched them Week One, but like I, I saw them coming up, and I was like, "This is a team that could play." And then obviously, you got to keep up the Chiefs, the Bills, all these teams. It, it's easy to keep up with when your team's good, but when you're not, you got fantasy football going, and it, it makes it so easy to know who's doing good in the league. Obviously, fantasy football can be a little skewed where you like you think this guy's like dominant, and he's just like he's all right. The the team uses him a lot and he gets a lot of points. Um, But it it gives you a good insight. keeps you involved and it keeps you, it's a nice group activity for 18 weeks or whatever that it it takes forever. Uh, But the bracket, it's, I feel like those, like from this Sunday until Thursday, it's just so joyous. And when that first game tips off, you're like, Oh my God! Here we go, and then you get that first win. It's like, all right, this is the perfect bracket. It's happening, and it's like, you, Dylan, you have Murray State winning it all. It, it doesn't matter. This is the perfect bracket, and it's just—I don't know. It's a unique feeling that you can only get with a bracket, like fantasy football. There's nothing that like you're chasing a perfect fantasy football season. Like that's been done, I'm sure. I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm not good at fantasy football. I will never have a perfect uh, fantasy football season. But the perfect bracket—that's what everyone's attaining for, and like. Not everyone plays fantasy football. Like, you got to be a pretty big football nerd to play fantasy football. Like, you got to really love football. Whereas a bracket, it's like ever since I was in, like, what, probably fifth grade, fourth grade, I would go to school and they would just print off brackets and have the class fill it out. And there'd be people that had no idea. And they would just write in teammates. And that's awesome. And most of the time, they would do better they have no idea and and, because March madness is so unpredictable i don't know it's just so much fun i think both of them provide great ways uh for people to get together talk about sports uh but i don't know i i'm I'm so down the middle i think just for the spark of enjoyment of that first week with brackets is just so much fun like i promise everyone listening next thursday by about seven o'clock I will want to delete the bracket app. I, I have full faith that that thing will be gone from my phone. I, I always print out a bracket and I almost always throw it away. I, I can't wait to do that, I, but it's going to be so much fun. And I know my friends are going to make, all right, 20 bucks, turn in a bracket and I'm going to win them 20 bucks. And it's just going to be basically throwing it away, but it's going to be fun. It's fun. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think both of them are a lot of fun. It's just Facebook has a lot of longevity, whereas, Uh, the brackets, that burst of enjoyment for a week or two. That's just, it's the best.
0: Yeah. uh, So I'm biased uh, because I prefer not just college football over pro football, but college sports in general over pro sports in general. Uh, But not only that, but I'm brutal at fantasy football. Not only do I suck at drafting teams, I cannot offer a fair trade for the life of me. And I do not make, I either don't make any moves for an entire season or I just get swindled and I, I don't have a team by the end of the year. Meanwhile, I, and I feel like everyone has this, we've all had some success in our brackets. There's been that one time, and for me, it was just last year. There was a second last year where I think I was alone in number one on the ESPN tournament challenge because I got a lot. I was at the 100th percentile. I got a loss. I had, I got something wrong and I was still in the 100th percentile. So I'm pretty sure I was alone in first place for a second which is just like a rush. And like you said, the rush of that first week of making picks and making games uh, and having that success early on, even, even though, you know, it's false. And it's probably, you're not even going to have all of your final four teams at the end of it. Uh, It's so universally loved. Uh, You don't need to, like you said, you don't need to know what you're doing. You could be like us and be really knowledgeable, or you can know nothing about college basketball and you have an equal chance to win your bracket pool. Uh, And I think that's just what makes it so much fun. You can be whoever uh, and then just fill out a bracket and it'll just be insane. So uh, that's what's fun about March Madness. It's my favorite time of the year, so I think brackets are a lot more fun. Dylan's got something going on over there.
1: Texas TCU is very tight right now. There's about a minute 15 left and TCU just took the lead. I checked the score like 20 minutes ago and Texas was up by like 20. So I don't know how this happened. I just love March. Um, I want to add on to that, though. You, you talked about how, like, yeah, you can be knowledgeable and you have no idea, really, because March Madness is so unpredictable. My mom last year, I will never forget this. She walks up to me and she says, I filled out my bracket. I want you to look at it. And I'm like, yeah, word. I'll look at it, mom. And she had Gonzaga and Baylor in the in the national championship. I was like, that's really good. Like, I I didn't pick that, but I was like, that's good. Both these teams have been dominant all year. That's a good pick. And she said, What's that G team? I said, Gonzaga. And she's like, Yeah, well, where are they all about? I was like, You know, they're just like the maybe the best team ever. And she's like, Oh, well, I picked them because they were the one. And I was like, Fair enough. And then I was like, Why'd you pick Baylor? And she's like, Well, that's we have friends that went there. And I was like, okay, whatever works, and she picked Baylor to win it all, and she she won money at work in the work pot. It's like, how does that happen? Like, just blindly filling it out, and it just works out. I've got to where when I fill out a bracket, I always fill out like six or seven, and I I like to do the one where I'm like thinking and like being analytical about I'm like, well, this team has a top 50 defense, and they've performed so well against the team, blah, blah, and the, the common matchups, they did this, all that, and spend a little bit of time on it. And then I'll go through and I'll be like, all right. So this team's mascot is the Bulldogs. And this team's mascot's the Boilermakers. No way a Bulldog's beating a Boilermaker. And I just go through like that. I think that's a lot of fun. There's so many ways to film out. I I think the variety... And that short term burst. And like you said, I think I, I prefer college sports one pro as well. But pro's getting up there. I like pro sports a lot. It's growing on me more and more as I get older. But I, college sports is just a different, unique thing. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the Tennessee Titans. I never get a burst of joy like a Murray State basketball victory. It just means something else to me. The Titans can win the Super Bowl. I don't think it would mean as much as a Murray State first round victory in the NCAA tournament. It's just, I don't know. It just, it's harder. And it just means so much. I, I, I feel like college sports, I don't know, it's that sense of community. Like, when I, I've talked about it a lot on the show already, but like being there in Evansville last week, like every bucket, it seemed like everyone in the crowd was like on the court with them. Like, we just did that. Like, I woke up Sunday morning, and I was like, wow, I won an OVC championship last night. And I really felt like that. I was like, I'm a champion. I, I think that sense of college camaraderie and community just makes it different and when you've got a team in the bracket it makes it where like do I pick against them and like obviously I'll go ahead and tell you Murray State's winning the national championship in like 30 percent of my brackets just getting ready uh but yeah I, I the more I talk about it the more I'm definitely I I'm signing more with the bracket the more I talk
0: yeah I love the bracket I, and I love hearing the way people fill it out I, I usually like I used to be very analytical about it I used to like try to like take the stat matchups that they'd give you and even go in and do my own stat breakdowns. And like we said, March Madness is so unpredictable. It's not even really worth doing that. So really, I just go off and of feel it's really just like a, what do I feel going into that and do like a bit of research. If I have to give anyone a tip of their bracket do just like, just listen to like ESPN or Bleacher Report or listen to us going into the next week. And we'll try to give you some good tips because uh, like last year with Ohio versus Virginia, uh, Virginia had a bunch of COVID cases and Ohio was a really good team. It was a steal of a pick, but if you didn't, if you weren't tuned in, you probably didn't know that that was happening. So uh, stuff like that, be sure to be tuned in and be sure to be watching our social media as we have a tournament challenge coming up this week, uh, similar to what we did with the, uh, with Wait, what what did we do that for?
1: We uh, – the, the bowl, bowl games. Yeah. The bowl Similar
0: to what we did for the bowl challenge, we're going to be doing a tournament challenge through ESPN, so we'll be sending that link out to you guys so you guys can sign up, and we'll have a prize for you at the end. I'm not sure if it'll be uh, the same or if it'll be different. We'll have to talk about it, but we'll see. Dylan, what happened? TCU took a two-point
1: lead about 20 seconds ago. Texas dribbled down the court. No timeout. That was a ballsy move by Shaka, but I love the confidence in his players. And they missed a pull-up jumper from mid-range. TCU got the rebound, ran out like 10 seconds. There's 15 seconds down the head to the free throw line, up by two. Wow.
0: Wow. All right. We'll keep you informed on that. You probably already know what happened, but awesome stuff as always. We'll move on to this week in sports. A wild flurry of news surrounding some of the biggest quarterbacks in the NFL happened this week. After all the talk of this being his last dance, Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay on a mega deal. After a subpar year in Seattle, Russ is done and is being traded to Denver in exchange for a haul of players and picks. Uh, And then finally, Carson Wentz is on the move again, being traded from Indy to Washington. Dylan, what's your reaction to the moves uh, around the NFL that popped up this week?
1: So I feel like the quarterback news the last few days, it's like that meme. It's the three headed dragon and you got the two serious dragons, and then you got the one silly dragon, because you got yeah, the Aaron Rodgers news, which everyone no one knew what was gonna happen with Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about like I, I said like the only people that know are like Joe Rogan and Pat McAfee, and they didn't even know. And Aaron Rodgers decides to go back to Green Bay on a $200 million dollar contract, which is just crazy. Rush got shipped to Denver, which apparently had been in the works for like two weeks, which is cool. It's cool that it didn't get leaked. Like, I didn't hear anything about it. Like, obviously, I follow some NFL people on Twitter give get my news that way. I follow a lot of Titans sources. And a lot of the rumors I saw were the Titans talking to the Seahawks about Russ, which was very intriguing. I was like, I wouldn't mind having Russell Wilson. That'd be kind of cool. And from when I saw the package the Titans had put up was better than the Broncos. So I don't know if they just decided not to offer it or what was going on. Like, I'd saw like three first round picks in Tannehill. That's more than what Denver gave up, but I, I don't know. Uh, maybe the Titans didn't make the call. Maybe it was all fabricated. A lot of the Titans, new sources that they've been fabricated in the last two years, Aaron Rodgers has been headed to town. Russell Wilson was headed to town. It just didn't happen. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson to Denver. That's the other second serious dragon head. And then you got yesterday <laughs> out of nowhere, the Colts send Carson Wentz to Washington and, I don't hate Carson Wentz. I I get annoyed by Carson Wentz because the media tries to still depict him as this top quarterback, and he's just not. When he got sent to Indianapolis last year, they're like, "That's the piece." The Colts are going to the Super Bowl, and someone that follows the AFC South very closely, I knew I was like, "No, that's not it." The Colts are very good, but no, Carson Wentz was not leading them to a Super Bowl, and. It's just the constant hype up of him. I understand Carson Wentz was awesome in Philadelphia. He has not been the same since he got hurt, and it sucks. And I I hope he rehabilitates and is able to get back on track with that Washington team. They have so many weapons. It feels like somebody could step right in and do really well. And I hope it is Carson Wentz. But just going from Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, legit like maybe two of the top three quarterbacks in the league now that Tom Brady's retired to Carson Wentz. And that's like, that like took over the headlines for a day. It was very, very funny. And just the juxtaposition, because it was a big deal. It really is a big deal. Because Washington's a team in that NFC East that's so unpredictable that adding Carson Wentz, a quarterback that can play some football, and he played good football last year for periods of time, obviously ended the year on a sour note. Uh, But if he plays solid football, he's got Terry McLaurin, who's a legit, like, really, really good wide receiver. He's got Curtis Samuel, who's a really good receiver. Logan Thomas has emerged as a really good tight end Antonio Gibson, really good running back, good running back out of the backfield to throw to like, there's so many weapons, probably more weapons than he had in Indianapolis when he was handing the ball off 30 times a game. So I I think Carson's got potential there, but the fact that it took over headlines just the day after Russell Wilson and the Aaron Rodgers news was insane to me. Um, I think the Russ move to Denver is really, really exciting. I think one of my best friends is a huge Broncos fan, and we talk about it all the time. For the past three years, we've been like, who are they going to get? And it went from Aaron Rodgers, and when Aaron Rodgers frees time, we're like, well, there's that. Um, and now they've got Russ, and <laughs> they kind of have to apologize to Russ, or they need Russ to apologize to them for what he did to them in the Super Bowl uh, not too long ago. Uh, but I think they'll be okay because they've got they're going to have him under center with all those young targets and he that could be a magical team the only problem is they're in one of the most stacked divisions in the nfl both the afc west and the nfc west are just incredibly stacked and god bless those teams because they're going to go through gauntlets and they're all really really good and the the west i put out a tweet i was like they've got russell wilson patrick mahomes justin herbert and Derek carr like i don't i don't Particularly like Derek Carr as a quarterback, I don't think he's this top guy, but he's better than a lot of starting quarterbacks in the league. I mean that that's just the Raiders and the Chargers and the Chiefs and Broncos. They're just going to go through a gauntlet, and it's just never going to let up. They got that's like six of their games right there. That's tough. That is really really tough. Uh, but I'm excited to see it. And then obviously Aaron Rodgers just running it back. That's fun. Uh, he's he's become just like a troll, which is cool. I, I like to see it. Uh, and I'm curious to see what other moves the Packers make to keep him happy. Um, a lot of people expect Jordan Love to maybe get moved, which I hope he does. I I, I, I don't root for people to, like, get moved if they don't want to. But you got to imagine Jordan Love wants an opportunity to play. That's a guy coming out of college. He was a first-round pick at quarterback. And the NFL nowadays, like, you usually get to play as a first-round pick quarterback. He just hasn't got to. So um, I, I hope – I hope he does get moved, and I hope he gets a, a chance to play because I think he deserves it. He gets, I, I think he should get to show his potential and maybe get to fall in that role Aaron Rodgers did with the Packers where he, he followed a legendary quarterback and got his chance where Jordan Love followed a legendary quarterback and maybe has to go somewhere else, and, and that's okay. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens there. and We're going to have a lot of more NFL movement, which is exciting. Uh, by the way, TCU just defeated Texas, which I did not expect because Texas is really good. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I, what are your – thoughts on all the quarterback moves in the past few days
0: yeah i'm gonna echo a lot of what you said but uh first off with aaron Rodgers, i cannot believe this man aaron Rodgers. i'm not a negative guy i like the man as a player i've praised him time and time again over the course of the show i think he might be the most talented quarterback that's ever played the game but you don't I think I flipped on the dude Aaron Rodgers because no way you make all this noise about the respect you don't get with the organization. Then you post all this last dance stuff on social media. And then when it's time to put your money where your mouth is, you just stick around for a boatload of money. I, I don't like that. I don't think, I don't think that that was like the move anyone expected, obviously, because he had said so much negative stuff about green Bay. I just don't understand how they mended that situation and now how they're going to go forward with that. And I think this should put a ton of pressure on Aaron Rodgers to win again, because like I've said, I've, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's one of the best ever, but he has as many rings as Matthew Stafford does. Now, uh, if he wants to claim that legacy what I think he's capable of, He has to win again, especially when you sign a mega deal like this. You've got to be a winner now. Like, and you're getting Devontae Adams back. You've got to be a winner now. So I I think this just amps up the pressure on Aaron Rodgers. This is not uh, the relief I think it is for him. So um, for Russ, I actually applaud both parties for, like, seeing the writing on the wall and moving on because Seattle needs to rebuild. That roster is not what it was when they were the best in the league. And so getting a haul for Russ when when you could – Uh, that's the right move. Like they should have done that for Denver. And I've said that many, and many of times they've been a quarterback away for a long time. That offense is ready to be explosive right now. So you add Russ to uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy, that is going to be a scary team for the foreseeable future. I'm usually not all on a team giving up halls for one player, but Teams like Denver are the exception when they've got a quarterback situation like they've had. They need a guy like Russ. Russ is the perfect guy to fit into that scenario. I think that's going to be great for both teams. I think Seattle uh, gets what they can out of Russ while they can, and Denver gets a quarterback while they need it. And then, like, you you summed it up perfectly for Washington. I don't really know what to say about that organization. I I think people forget how good Carson Wentz was as an Eagle, but – like you said, I think the media and, the organ- and organizations keep forgetting that he hasn't even been close to that since he got hurt. It's not his fault. Some injuries do change players from being the player that they are. And he's changed from being borderline elite to just a really good quarterback. He's like a fringe top 32 guy in the league now. That's not bashing him that's a really tough thing to do but he's nowhere near what Carson Wentz was as as an eagle and I don't think he's ever going to be that way so uh it's tough to watch an NFL organization on the other end like we see Seattle and we see Denver making the perfect moves it feels like that's just the right moves for those teams to make and then for Washington to be like two steps behind the general NFL fan like I'm not even deep into Washington. But I know that that wasn't the right move for them. They did not need a Carson Wentz, at quarterback, to make that step forward. So, uh, I, that's when you see an organization like that, it gives me nightmares of the Lions. And I think those organizations are doomed to fail most of the time. So, uh, you know, I feel bad for Carson. I hope he can figure it out because, like you said, that defense is stacked. They have a chance to really do something. But when you do – these are the types of moves that kill momentum for a team like that, that if you go all in on someone you really shouldn't have gone all in on. And two or three years down the road, you're going to be – you're still going to be juggling, like, what should we do about Carson Wentz? It's like you shouldn't have gotten into this situation to begin with is what you should have done.
1: Yeah, they should have. I thought Washington was finally going to draft a quarterback in the first round because this this quarterback class – and we'll, I'm sure we're going to talk about it a lot as we get closer to the draft – It's not one that's going to be, like, really top-heavy where a lot of guys go in the top five. There's going to be guys sprinkled throughout the first round and later on, and it feels like they could have snagged a guy like a Matt Corral or something that's, like, very intriguing. And it's, like, we don't really know what he's going to be. Obviously, he got hurt in the Sugar Bowl, but he had a lot of flashes uh, in Oxford playing for Ole Miss. And it's, like, why don't you get him and figure out some veteran? I guess they still could, but it's, like, you just went all in on Carson Wentz. Um, you obviously should. You play. You should play him. Don't. I wouldn't. I don't know. Washington does weird things like this, though. When they drafted RG three, they drafted Kirk Cousins. Like they do weird stuff with quarterbacks. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up drafting a quarterback, but it just it would feel so weird because you know Carson Wentz fully expects to be the starter there for a little while, and it's like why would it would just kill the morale and it would instantly make a competition. I don't know. It feels really really weird. Um, I'm intrigued to see what happens because it, it feels like that team is so close to being so fun and exciting and they just do things to shoot themselves in the foot. And the fact that they are so close to being exciting with all the things going against them is such a testament to Ron Rivera and who I, their general manager, who's, his name escapes me, but they've done such a good job. And it feels like you could drop a guy in like a Matt Corral or a Malik Willis and they would just be fun. And they've got Carson Wentz, which... I know Carson Wentz can play an entertaining style of football, but it's just not I don't know. As watching the way Carson Wentz's career has gone, it just doesn't jump off the off the phone screen at me. I didn't see that and I was like, oh, Washington might win the East. I was like, Hmm, yeah, that's Washington. That that sounds about right. It's just I don't know. It's it it seems like it'd be very demoralizing if I was a commanders fan. And I'm like, okay, we got Carson Wentz at quarterback, like I'll wish for the best. I, I guess I'll break out a number 11 jersey. I don't know. I I I wouldn't be crazy about it.
0: Yeah. It feels a lot like Jared Goff coming to the Lions. That's for sure. Uh, finally, like I said earlier, it's conference tournament time. We figured it'd be.
1: I, you mentioned it's conference tournament time. Boy, oh boy. I didn't want to say this because I wanted to talk about Carson Wentz. <laughs> Florida, we've talked all throughout the show. We had the Duke-Syracuse stuff, Texas-TCU. Florida and Texas A&M just played an amazing game. Florida came back and in the last minute. They went on a 12-3 to run to force overtime. That's incredible. That's March. That's, that's the college basketball gods being like, we're going to make this game amazing. And then in overtime, Texas A&M hit an off-balance three with .1 seconds left to win the game. That's, that's March. That's incredible. And it sends Florida to the NIT, and A&M remains on the bubble. That is
0: just fun. That's, yep, that's March for you. Uh, Like I said earlier, it's conference tournament time, and we figured we should pick our favorites to win each of the Power Five conference tournaments. Uh, It's going to be a little risky with some of these picks because some of these teams play after we record. So by the time you're listening to this, they might already be eliminated, but... We'll take our chances. I'm going to go in alphabetical order. We're going to start with the ACC. Who do you like out there? The Blue Devils of Duke. It's Coach K.
1: Uh, I, last week we picked UNC Duke, and I was like, it's Coach K's last home game. can't Cameron, he's not losing to UNC. That's the safest pick of all time. But obviously UNC beat him. Uh, I'm going with the same kind of mentality with this. It's Coach K's last ACC tournament. I just don't see them losing it. And, like, I know North Carolina, they played really well. I did not expect them to play that well at Cameron Indoor. But I just think that's the wake-up call for Duke. They really got embarrassed. They got clowned on the Internet after all that. And I, I really think that's a wake-up call. They really almost got clowned today, as as you heard. But that last run they went on was really, really impressive. They looked like the Duke we've seen throughout the year. I, I, think, I think Duke's the team to beat. I, I got to go with the Blue Devils.
0: I do think they're the team to beat, but I'm not talking myself out of it this time. I said that North Carolina was underrated last week, and then I still picked Duke. I'm picking North Carolina to win the ACC. I think that you, this is just a team that gets hot at the right time. The ACC is weak. Uh, outside of Duke, I don't see any other team like making an easy run to the championship. So if Duke almost got upended by Syracuse today, if they get upended before they have to face North Carolina, I could see them really potentially having an easy role for north carolina to go through and win that tournament so i like north carolina i think they've been underrated all year i think they're gonna i think they're gonna win the acc and that lock their spot into the tournament they were already they're already in now for sure after beating duke but uh i think they'll lock their spot in with the with an acc tournament get that automatic qualifier uh big 10 is underwent underway already uh, michigan suffered a a March Madness-type defeat, giving up a 17-point lead to Indiana, probably getting Indiana into the dance. But uh, So I won't be picking Michigan to win the Big Ten tournament, but who are you like in the Big Ten?
1: I like Purdue. I've liked Purdue all year, and I think it's because I have Stockholm Syndrome from the from the Music City Bowl where I, I just – when I go to sleep, I hear that boiler-up chant, and it's just like, I don't know. I, I feel like they've taken over my brain after that traumatizing – but uh... – oh. Uh, but I think they're they're just a fun team. I, I really enjoy watching them. I feel like every time I turn on ESPN, they're playing. I feel like they play a million games a week. And they're just really good. Jaden Ivey is legit like a top three player in the country. And I he's so much fun to watch. I remember before the season started, people compared him to Ja Morant. And I was like, no shot. They're, they're, he No. No one's like Ja. He's not quite Ja, but he's really, really good. And I just, I like watching this team. They're, it's Purdue. They're, they're a team that plays really good basketball. They, they've got this brand under Matt Painter. And I, I think that the team to beat. and if I'm not mistaken, Johnny Davis is hurt for Wisconsin. And I, that I really like Wisconsin, but if they don't have Johnny Davis, it's going to be tough for them to win. And I think Illinois is a team that can do it too, but I just think, when Purdue plays laser-focused, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. And I think they're going to play laser-focused in this Big Ten tournament. So I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey, Zach ED, and the Boilermakers. Who do you have?
0: Yeah, Purdue has been the favorite ever since Michigan dropped off. I, I like the two I teams right now. They've both impressed me when they've played Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa. If I had to pick one, I'm going with Illinois just because – all the good big 10 teams are kind of built the same. It's like, you got that big man, you got the Zach Edy or you got the Kofi Coburn, you've got those shooters around. And it's just really like, what style do you like better? I think I like Illinois just a little bit better where you've got like Kofi big man down low really. And then the shooters are just all knockdown shooters. Everyone around the perimeter can knock down shots. uh, And when that team gets hot, it's it's game over. You're not going to stop them when they're hot. So I like Illinois. I think they get hot at the right time. I think they take the big 10 tournament. Uh, we'll move on to the big 12. What's your thoughts on a pretty interesting big 12 tournament to say the least.
1: Coming into this, I was going to pick Texas. I honest to God was going to pick Texas and they just lost. Uh, I really, I, this is like, not like a moment of, uh, prisoner of the moment. I like TCU. TCU has been on fire lately. Jamie Dixon has done an amazing job uh, with that program. He's making them just a good basketball program. Uh, they beat Kansas not long ago. They beat Texas today. That That's a team. I mean, the big 12 weird because they are good, but it's like an sec football type scenario where they've just beat each other up. And, and, it seems like with this being a tournament, it really is unpredictable. I could see TCU somehow winning it, but I, I think it's hard to pick against K- uh, Kansas or Baylor. I'm going to go with Baylor. Um, I Honestly, it's just because I don't want to see Kansas win another one, and I'd like to see Baylor win it. Uh, I think Baylor's a team that I've played, paid really close attention to all year, and they're just really fun to watch. When they're playing where they're hitting all centers, a lot like Purdue, they're a team that I don't think many team can many teams can beat. And when they get going, it's just – there's so much fun to watch, and they're just almost unbeatable. But they also have games where they can't hit a shot. So who knows? Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears and Baylor, the defending national champions, take home the conference uh, title. Who do you have in the Big 12?
0: Like you said, it's very unpredictable. But when you enter a conference tournament like this where it's very unpredictable, you kind of just got to go with, like, the team that always does it. That's why I'm picking Kansas. It's like – when the, like you said, it's the SEC football, when everything's super unpredictable and everything's up in the air, it's going to be Bama at the end of the day. And that's what Kansas is to big 12 basketball. I expect them fully to just find the right switch right as they go through the conference tournament and probably earn themselves a one seed going into the tournament, because that's just kind of what Kansas does. Uh, we'll move on to as Bill, what Bill Walton would say, the conference of champions pack 12. Who do you like out West?
1: Pac 12 is weird because I love the Pac 12. I love Bill Walton. I love staying up to watch Pac 12 basketball. Uh, I love staying up to watch Pac 12 football. And as everyone knows that listen to the show, I've become a supporter of USC. Uh, they don't make me look good, like literally ever. Whenever I'm like, oh, I like USC in this matchup, they lose. So I'm not going to pick USC. I'm going to root for USC. I'm not going to pick them. Uh, I think it comes down to Arizona or UCLA. And based solely off of what happened last March, I'm going with UCLA. I think this is a team that still has that magic just inside their veins. I think Mick Cronin, he's so used to postseason basketball with everything he's done. I, I think he fires UCLA up one more time, wins a wins a Pac-12 championship. That's where UCLA belongs at the top of the Pac-12. I think the Bruins get it done, and hopefully they spark another nice March run. Because that would be fun to watch. That was a lot of fun last year, and I hope UCLA does it against. So yeah, the Bruins. Who do you have in the Pac-12?
0: Yeah, I still have a little bit of bad blood because UCLA did end our season last year, but uh, I also said at the beginning of the year, I saw Arizona play Michigan earlier in the year. Arizona is a really, really good team, and I'm picking Arizona. Benedict Matherin, that dude can straight up ball, and a lot of times... uh, I. I don't like being as cliche as I'm being right now, but a lot of times when you have the best player in the tournament, that ends up being the the biggest difference. And he is by far the best player out in the PAC 12, even better than Johnny Juzang or Tiger Campbell or whoever you put on UCLA. I think uh, he leads Arizona past anyone that they face. And I think they're going to be the favorites coming out of the West. I think they're an underrated team, a sleeper team in the NCAA tournament. Watch out for Arizona. I've been high on them all year. I think they've got a real shot. We're going to move on to your neck of the woods, on to the SEC tournament, finally. What's your thoughts on the SEC? I have
1: no clue because this is on a neutral site. And these teams, oh, like, it feels like they only win at home. Like, the top, obviously the top four, uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky. When they're at home, they're unbeatable. And then when they're on the road, it's kind of unpredictable. Uh, so I don't know. I'm going to pick Tennessee because I'm not going to pick against Tennessee when they have a legit chance to win. But I'll give you my analysis because the pick is just kind of – I got to pick Tennessee. I really think it's going to come down to Kentucky and Auburn. I, I think those are the two best teams. Tennessee, when they're hot, is really, really good. They put a beating on Arizona, but that was in Knoxville. They're, they're not the same team in Knoxville and outside of Knoxville. This is in Nashville, but that's not Knoxville. That's not TBA. Um, I, I think Tennessee's really good, but they, they're it's almost like a video game where it's like, oh, you're at home, you get plus five attributes. It's its like that for all these top four teams, but um, I, I think Kentucky is the team built for March. I really do. I think we've seen Auburn kind of cool off as the season's gone on, they're still really, really good. And I could see Jabari Smith doing amazing things throughout the SEC tournament and into March, but I think Kentucky's just. They're built like a big 10 team centered around Oscar Sheboy, that big center who I think is the best player in the country. I think Sheboy is going to win the player of the year and he deserves it. I think Kentucky's just really, really good. And I feel like they've somehow got under the radar, which doesn't make sense because it's Kentucky. But I, I think it's, it's probably going to be Kentucky or Auburn. Uh, I'm picking Tennessee, but I think it's probably going to be Kentucky or Auburn. Who do you have?
0: Uh, I've got Auburn uh, and I'm uh, really just echo uh the things you said, but. About Auburn, I think they're just the best team down there. I haven't watched the SEC much uh, compared to the other conferences, but when I've watched Auburn, they've looked like the best team out there. Uh, But it's tough. Like you said, it seems like home court was the big differentiator down, down south this year. So the fact that it's on a neutral court really does make it tough. I like Auburn because I think they're just the best team of all of them, but We'll see. That's definitely, I think, like the most up in the air going into the the conference tournament. If the
1: Auburn team that played on December 23rd against Murray State shows up in Nashville, they'll win it. That I watched that game as my first exposure to Auburn this year when they played Murray and I was blown away. I was like, this team's awesome. They're the best team in the country by far. And obviously they haven't played like that all the time. That was at home. They had a sold out crowd. They're all fired up. And I I was very high at Murray at that time, just as I am now. And they just looked incredible. If they can do that, yeah, they'll walk out of Nashville SEC champions.
0: All right. That is going to do it from us at the Dylan and Dylan show this week. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts before we go? I do.
1: I am so excited uh, as the conference tournaments have really got going. The past few days we've seen some action, but it's really, really going now, as you've heard throughout the show. Um, This Sunday be sure to get on Twitter during the selection show. We're going to do a live Twitter space with you all. We're going to have some of the writers from TV sports. Hopefully we're just going to talk about uh, the whole bracket as it gets unveiled. Hopefully we get to talk a little bit about the conference tournaments. Hopefully they have some exciting endings, some things we don't see coming. Obviously there's already been exciting moments happen. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of exciting stuff. excited to talk to you guys, talk with you guys as uh, the brackets get unveiled. And uh, hopefully we'll start doing that more often. I think it's something that could be fun and we'll, it whenever the selection show happens i don't know what time that is it'll be like five o'clock central six eastern somewhere around there you know when it happens you're a sports fan you'll be watching
0: yeah and if uh everything goes to plan that'll be my first time tuning into you guys from south dakota so that'll be exciting stuff uh looking forward to it all right that is going to do it from us here this week on the dylan and dylan show here is where you can find us you can find the show at Dylan Dylan Show on Twitter and Instagram. You can find TV Sports on Instagram at Tunnel Vision Sports underscore, TikTok and Twitter at underscore TV Sports, Facebook and LinkedIn, Tunnel Vision Sports, and on the web at tvsportsmag.com. Thank you so much for listening this week. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one.